Why don't we just, just sense, uh, as we sing those highest praises, just, I felt out of this place, let's sing in tongues a bit, just where we're at, just the highest praise, we don't know what we're singing, but we know we're singing in the spirit. They sing, let's lift our voices. Yeah. Kuro Sing that a while. Yeah. Highest praise, Lord, the highest praise, Lord. So worthy are you, Lord. So worthy are you, Lord. Kianaka so kushima. Bathe us in your presence, Lord. Oh God, saturate us, oh God. 
Saturate us, oh God. Saturate us, oh Lord. So much more of you. So much more of you. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, so that somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained all of this or already have arrived at my goal, but I press on and on and on and on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Lord Jesus, there is more in you. There is always more in you. And my heart is this morning that even as we've pressed in in worship for the more, that as we've pressed in in worship and praise, that we are, we are reminded that our lives are worship. Our lives are a worship when we're pressing into the more of you with full passion. Our lives are a representation of the high praise of God when you live in the high calling of God. That we don't come to this meeting and it's just a good meeting and, yeah, God was there and then we go into the next part of our lives. Lord, our lives, our lives are here to represent you in every aspect that we're worshiping you, that we're showing the world how good you are, how great you are. We're showing our families how wonderful you are. We, we're loving one another because you first loved us. The higher calling of God, there's so much more that you have for us, Lord. So, uh, I don't know, I just feel, I'm just going to flow this morning. I, I've got a word that uh, was really confirmed on Wednesday night when I came to the, the, to the combined com off the back of what, what David was feeling. Or actually, I don't know if those of you there felt about Exodus chapter 4. And it was, I thought, well, that's my preach. That's what I'm thinking about Exodus chapter 3 and 4, about Moses coming out of, the, out of, out of Egypt and, and some of the stuff that he had and something uh, I know it dealt with some of it uh, in yesterday's kids' thing as well. But there's a little bit of a dis different aspect that I feel I want to stir your faith to living in the more. You know, when uh, Wilma Ray passed away last year, something <sighs> did something in me. It just, come on, there's something that every single one of us, and that's the prophetic word that Kim had at the gathering, if you remember, that something what, what he carried was disseminated, is that the right word, was given to each of us to carry a baton. And I want to do what I can. I want to live in his grip so that I can live in the why not. <laughs> in his grip for the why not, Lord. More for every single one of us. The other day, and I shared this yesterday because it's a very fresh story. I shared it yesterday. So on Friday, I'm with, with playing with my granddaughter, Thursday, playing with my granddaughters. And there was this, uh, we were going to go, I was going to go play with them uh, on the playgrounds at the Sunningdale venue. And there's this one play area, which is uh, where the kids play with the swings. And I don't, those of you know it, 
there's the swings and all of this uh, things. And then on the other side, the new building with the, with the turf and the, that, uh, that artificial turf and looks beautiful. And so, so, so I told Harper, I said, Harper and Matty, I said, we're going to, there are these areas, we're going to go play. In this area, we've got this area to play, and then we can go there. And there's toys inside, and there's this grass we can run on and everything. And it looks beautiful and everything. So, uh, Matty, so Harper says to me, she's five years old. She's five years old. She says, Papa, that's what she calls me. She says, we're going to start playing in this area where the swings are and everything. But then we're going to go play in that nice area over there. It looks beautiful, and I don't know exactly what she said, but then she said this to me. She said, and we're going to move from this area to that other nice area because she said, because next is always more. Next is always more. Sometimes children come with the most simple of terminology, but yet the most profound that impact our lives. I want to say that God's next for you, whatever it looks like, is always more of God, more of Him. So I changed the topic of my preach. His next is more. <laughs> That's the topic of my preach that I got out of that. And it was just, uh, just amazing uh, just to be. And I want you to believe wherever you are in your walk with the Lord that the next is always more. So, in, 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 so just a quick journey through. Uh, through Moses' journey and, and what was happening in Egypt at that stage. In chapter 1, I'll just read it to you very quickly. And it seems like this is what God has done in Josh Jen. It says there um, uh, in Exodus 1, verses 7 and then 12, it says, But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. This is in Egypt, eh? They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. In Egypt, okay? And then it says on... But the more they, verse 12 says this, but the more they're oppressed, because now Pharaoh said, give them work to do, give them work to do, more and more and more work. It says, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread out. Can I read that again? But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. There's always more. There's always more. I had a picture at the start of the year uh, in uh, Sunnydale PM. I, I saw a picture of, a human um, with a sperm attached itself to the to the the, the, the woman's cell, I think, whatever it is, and then you know it starts to multiply like that when it's fertilized. So it's okay talking about it, okay? It's biological, okay? So it's actually fertilized. And I saw it multiplying like that, and I thought it's out of this place of intimacy and and living for God. No matter what our circumstance, God wants to multiply, wants to bring more. And I don't know what that looks like in your life, personally, and I don't know what it looks like in our lives together, all of it, but I know God's doing incredible things, and I love it, you're going out to Mitchell's Plane, and these things that are happening, well done, keep at it, you know, there's always more in God, and I love that about God, so I want to stir your faith in some of these things, and in, in the light of some of the words, there may be some things that I may raise this morning that may say, <coughs> the Lord's calling me to send that, that mountain but there are areas in my hands that need purifying, and there's areas in my heart, maybe especially the heart, <laughs> that need to be adjusted and tweaked. Okay, you with me? Okay, so I'm hoping to stir your faith. I haven't got my watch. Uh, what's the time now? Okay. Tell me when it's like quarter to, though. Quarter to. I don't want to, I just want to stir our faith. I might not get through it all. Uh. <laughs> I'll be short, okay, especially for you. <laughs> 
Ooh, okay. Let me just get some water. Don't time me now. This, this is your water break, eh? Stop the clock. <laughs> okay. So I want to, some of you have had prophetic words. Can you just hold it open for me? Because otherwise I'll kick it over and I have to keep doing this. Thank you, my friend. We know, okay. So Ian says to me at the start of the meeting, he says, don't worry if you kick it over. It's, 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 it's only water. What is it about me that thinks I have the potential that I may kick it over? <laughs> Experience, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I see in Ian's eyes, yes, I digress a lot. They've got Le Creuset. What? That's what it's called. Le Creuset, like um, plunger. I will not go near it. <laughs> no. So there is, <laughs> there is evidence. Uh, I promise the evidence that can you hold the water, okay? <laughs> I'll give it to you there, okay. So there's this incredible scripture God gave me at the start of the year is kind of what I want to do is Leviticus 24 verse 1 to 2 says this, the Lord said to Moses, command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may keep burning continually. I just, so I want to put some oil in the lamps that to, to get this light and fan flame in your faith. There's dreams and prophetic words that God has spoken over you, and I know some of you aren't living in it. Hello? Some of you, and some prophetic words you put on the shelf, but <laughs> I think some of your prophetic words need to be dusted off and brought off the shelf. Some of the stuff, some of you living in, and God wants you. Okay. <laughs> okay, whatever that means, the more. Okay, you with me? Okay, so, uh, so many years later, this is uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. So I want to stir your faith into believing the more, that, that the next for you is more in God. And that's going to take faith. And what some of the areas that may restrict us, and then what does it look like where, when God uh, stirs us to live in the more? Cool, okay. Many years later, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. Now, you must remember, prince of, okay, he's prince of Egypt. Okay, you know that? Okay, so, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. Now, I'll get the funny side. It's tragic what happened, but the funny side is it says this. After looking in all directions, <laughs> Moses is looking around to see if anyone is watching him. Uh, <laughs> To make sure no one is watching, so he's looking like a man. Are you, he's looking like a man. Okay, can, he wasn't looking properly, okay, because the Hebrews saw him. <laughs> they did, because they said, you killed someone. So, and, uh, so Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. What's that? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I can go look for something. Uh, and I said, I can't find that pair of socks. So Kim says... Did you look? So I said, yes. So he said, did you look like a man? <laughs> it's like, for me, it's like broad strokes. <laughs> it was not like, where's my sock? Woo, here I am. It's like, you're am, you're am. <laughs> okay, I'm, I digress. Okay. So yes, 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 Moses, and he knows the calling on his life. He knows the prophetic words that are spoken over him. 
He knows that his mom prayed and they hit him in the bull rush. Are you with me? There was a calling on his life. And he thought, Lord, I'm going to set them free my way. My way. My own strength. My ability. I'm the prince. I'm the prince of Egypt. I can do as I please. And he kills the Egyptian. I mean, sorry. He killed the Egyptian. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> water, water, water. <laughs> he tries to do it on his own strength. You and I will never live in the more. When you do it, relying on our own ability, our own strength, our own gifting and everything. My heart is that you're not inspired by this preach. My heart is you're transformed by what God says to you through me. My, the eloquence of my words, that is genuine. The eloquence of my words don't mean anything. It, it can't be on me, my ability to preach that bring you through. It's got to be God stirring your heart to live in the more. So no, no, no matter what I say or no matter what the content is, see, see God in this and see God speaking to you to live in the more that God has for you. The reason why you guys as Milneton have planted this congregation here is because God believes that for the more, for Josh Jen, and that there are more people in this region that need the love of the Father and the gospel to touch them and to fill them and to change them. Amen? We won't be able to live in the more if you're self-reliant. When we become self-reliant, the danger is to become presumptuous. God's on my side. I've got a calling on my life. So I can do go this direction, do this, do that. There's always, living the more of God is always in submission to the Lord and submission to leadership on a team. We cannot afford to become self-reliant in the Lord. Okay, but as we know, um, Moses was seen. He tried to do it in secret, tried to bury the, it said buried him in a shallow grave in the sand, and there was the Egyptian buried, but he was seen. But may I tell you, the greater person that is seen by was the Lord. Because he's doing it before the Lord, before he's doing it before the Hebrews. And so it says later on in verse two, uh, two, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. So many people, when they mess up or when, they, when they've done stuff in their own strength and they realize they've messed up, or they feel, ah, oh, disqualified, whatever the case is, they run. They run. And what Moses did is what many of us do. We go sit by a well, and I want to ask you, what well are you drinking from? So he ran away from, from, from the promise of God. He ran away. I mean, obviously, it was fear. I mean, he was going to be killed, but he ran away. He didn't inquire of the Lord what should he do. He didn't. 
are you with me? He ran away, and he sat by a well. And most people, when they run away from the purpose of God in their lives, they sit by a well. So what started out as a well of fear for, um, for Moses became a well of disappointment. He began to drink from that well. Have you been disappointed by things that happen in church life? Most of us have. <laughs> Everything hasn't always worked out the way that we had asked the Lord that would work out. And so you begin to drink of that well. And when you drink of the well of disappointment, you stay drinking that well, it becomes a well of bitterness. And it becomes a well of bitterness, and you start drinking that well, begins to become a well of anger and offense. And then you're in a bad place. <laughs> in a bad place. He might have been drinking from the well of shame. I've been found out. I killed an Egyptian. We forget that. Actually murdered. And he buried it. We forget that. Now I want to say to every single one of you that there's nothing that can disqualify you but the well that you drink from. You want to live in the moor? There is a well. It's a well of grace. It's a well of forgiveness. It's the well of the Spirit of God coming and we're drinking of the well and saying, He qualifies us. I'll touch on that maybe just now. The well that, it's the well that gives us the life and refreshes us with the very life that God gives us. It's Him. It's, you see, the Lord never left Moses. He was there. He, the Lord never told him to go look after sheep, which he did for 40 years. Feeding, looking after sheep in the desert. Some of you have been in the desert a bit, huh? Candace, <laughs> in a bit of a desert, eh? I want to say that there's stuff that the Lord wants to do for you. But more. There's more. The next is more. The next is more. I want to speak that over you. The next is more. I love Arpa's words. So powerful, eh? The next is more. I love it. For all of you. For all of us. For me. I'm trusting the Lord's been speaking to Kim and I about stuff that he wants us to move into because the next is more. The next is more. So what well are you drinking from? I want to say, maybe there's an area that's touching life right now. Maybe right now. Let's just close our eyes and just, we don't want to move on and say, Lord, you know that something has been restricting you. That there's a well that you've been drinking from, maybe disappointment, maybe words have been spoken over you. I don't know what it is of disappointment. Leaders in churches might have disappointed you. Um, Life circumstance has been very difficult and you're angry or bitter or whatever it is. There is a well of life that God wants to put us to drink from and then there would be a well that would spring up from within us that brings life. Right now where you're at, I don't know what the Lord may be speaking to you about, but right now I want you, as Kim said, there is a repentance that needs to happen 
you're drinking from the wrong well. Give it in. Commit yourself to drink from the well that brings life. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now, won't you wash over with a purifying word over your people? In the name of Jesus, bring the freedom, Lord, that they live the life, that your life would begin to well up with inside of them again, God. May they become more wells of your life than wells of disappointment or shame or, or anger or disappointment, God, these things. Amen. Amen. So the first thing is we can't rely on our own strength because our own strength will lead us to a wrong well. It'll lead us to a wrong well because we'll be disappointed because we never intended to live this life in our own strength. You with me? Amen. Okay. Woof, okay. So the first thing is we need to move from a place of personal abilities to a place of God's presence. And so in, I just want to see where it is. The it's uh, Exodus chapter 3. It says there, uh, I think it's from verse 1, so it's over the page. Verse 1 to 6, it says, One day, 40 years later, see, God uses the desert. God never left Moses. Moses left God. And Moses started tending sheep, but I, I love the fact that God used the mundane to launch the miraculous. One day Moses was uh, tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. He didn't know it was the mountain of God at that stage. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? We can come to meetings and be amazed but never transformed. We can see the fire burning but never impact our lives. If you and I want to be transformed and live in the more that God has for us, we can't just watch what God's doing. We can't just see God's doing something miraculous here. That's amazing. We need to be amazed. But amazement in what God is doing has to lead to obedience. Has to lead to surrender, which I'll touch on now. So my, my heart is in this meeting as hopefully you see a fire burning of passion there with me and out of burning fire I want you to see I'm not the Lord but the Lord speaking through me out of this fire and you're watching and I want you just I don't want you to be amazed oh no I do want you to be amazed but I want you to stop there watching because this is what the Lord does there's an invitation look what he does so he says I must go see okay so the first thing is we need to take a step 
okay? There's a step of obedience. That's fire. It's amazing. So signs and wonders, as we know, always point to greater reality. Signs. So when the Lord saw him coming, hello there. When it behold, I stand at the door and knock, Ian was saying this morning. I think he said something like this Wednesday night at the combined meeting as well, eh? I think it's the same thing. The lady stayed in bed of comfort when she should have opened the door to the bridegroom. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, uh-huh, the Lord called to him from the middle of the bush. He says, Moses, Moses, I know your name. I remember you. Okay. And Moses said, here I am. Aha. Now we're getting a little bit of a picture of what it means to live in the mall. Availability. Here I am. How available are you? Okay. And Moses replied, uh, and the Lord said, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for, the, for you are standing on holy ground. You need to take off the shoes that you've been wearing that have disqualified you for the 40 years of your journey right now. You need to place them on holy ground. I'm changing your destiny. You're going to wear different shoes. This time, the shoes are going to be placed on holy ground. And when you put them on again, I have another future for you. Because next is more. Next is more. Hello. <laughs> We're all there. We're all there. We need to make ourselves available to the Lord. You need to say, Lord... In fact, right now, if you're not wearing shoes, take them off. Just make a prophetic symbol right now. Some of you are taking them off. Right now, you know, make a prophetic symbol. Take, if you're wanting to, <laughs> if you're feeling this isn't. Some of you may be a little more difficult. I'm taking mine off. Uh, uh, maybe I knew the preacher. I will <laughs> Sam. There's a prophetic statement. Lord, my destiny is in your hands. Holy ground, anointed. My path is now going to be determined and defined by what you say. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts, defining your future. Let's say it's a heart to say, Lord, I want you to define what my future looks like. Okay? You put it on holy ground and allow the Lord to work into your shoes, <laughs> into your feet. Okay. I, th I don't know if that's the right interpretation, but I feel it prophetically. Are you with me? I don't know if that's what it is, but I felt like, he had been walking with those sandals, tending sheep, and he's actually saying, for 40 years, you've lived, and they're not nearly enough, but I want the more for you. Moses spent 40 years thinking of somebody, 40 years thinking as a nobody, and the next 40 years, finding out that God uses a nobody. Hello. You must remember the context. Moses was a murderer. And God still called him. Take the shoes, the shame off. Shame off. I'm calling you to a closer relationship with me. There's more I have for you. The other day, I'm, um, Matty, Matty, put on my, I'm busy, I was a bit distracted. Uh, and Ma Matty's the younger of the, my grandchildren, in case you don't know, she's three years old. And... Uh, touched my heart. So she, she put in my, my, my pants. Uh, we at home, 
and I'm a bit distracted. And I yell, Papa, Papa, Papa. So she said, eventually I say, yes. What do you want? So she says, oh, Papa, I just want you. I'm so distracted by tending sheep <laughs> that I sometimes miss the moment of intimacy. And I believe God wants us those moments of encounter where we encounter him and where he speaks to us, what he is saying of our lives. So I wrote this down just this morning as preparing. Are we pursuing the burning bush or are we captivated by him who speaks through the fire? Are we pursuing experiences in God or are we pursuing the God who wants to lead us into the more? And the experiences that he gives us is just affirmation of his presence and his, and his love on our lives. Take off your shoes. Some, some of us need to really take off our shoes, put them on holy ground. So the path I'm going on now is a path of mediocrity. It's a path of complacency, a path of compromise. But there's more that God wants us to live. As Kim shared this morning, from compromise to consecration, giving our lives to the Lord. Hello, okay, we're there. So we need to move from personal uh, strength and ability to pursuing the presence of God, to pursuing personal encounters with God. And when we're in that place, we need to know what God's going to say. And I'm going to say this is what our more is going to always include. It says, so Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 8 says this, Then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. I'm hoping this is for you guys. There's more. Into a land flowing with milk and honey. There's more. The land with the Canaanites, Hittites, and all your enemies are. Oh, wait. The more... We heard last week there's a there's spiritual warfare on. So it's the more is always going to be more of a, a resistance, by the way. Okay. Uh, so all those people that says, Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel. So two things that we encounter in the presence of God that our more is always going to include. First of all, is count is encountering the Father heart for his people. We will always encounter God's heart for his people. I've seen the God he sees. I've heard the God he hears. So I've come down to the rescue and the God he saves. Hears, he sees, he hears, he saves. And so God is in a rescue mission, in redemption. So wherever we are, and I want to say, that there's a time when we saved, as Kim was saying this morning, and I felt yesterday when I shared with the, with the, with the kids' church workers, the blood of the covenant represents us coming out of Egypt. The bread that they had to eat every day was a representation of Egypt coming out of them. They yeah, had to eat it every day, unleavened bread. No sin. It's a path from, from, from sin and, and, and condemnation, a place of freedom, a place of consecration, commitment, and that's a, that's a, that's a long process. That, that's the process that God takes us, takes us into. God sees, so there's a salvation that happens. 
So God is into saving me right now. <laughs> me. I've been saved. Yeah, what I'm saying. I've been saved. I'm going to heaven. But there's a process of working out my salvation. There's, there's a more becoming more like Jesus. So this word is for us. And I want to say right now, when you encounter God, God knows. You need to know that God sees you. You need to know that God hears your cry. And you need to know that no matter what the cry is, God says, I want to step in and make a difference. I'm with you. I'm with you. And yes, the God hook. Yes, the God, the God hook. He says, I have seen, I have heard, I have come to save, so I'm sending you. Look around. Look around. Look, look, look at each other. There we go. There we go. We are called to be God's eyes. God's ears, God's mouthpiece, God's plan. We don't do the saving. We are his messengers. But we are the ones that bring the message to, that beautiful gospel message of salvation to all. God sends us. Are you willing? God sends us. So you always we encounter the heart of God for his people. It's nearly quarter to you, I know. And then what we do is we encounter the heart of God for the purpose for his people. He says, yeah, but Moses, uh, Moses protested, who am I to, uh, well, sorry, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get mixed up. That's my next point. <laughs> okay. So when we encounter God, we get his heart for his people and we get a heart for the purpose of God. So God's purpose is always a compassionate heart. Where's your heart? So, if God has called you to have coffee with the one, that's fine, because God's kingdom advances one life at a time. You're seeing someone, you're hearing their cry, you come in. You don't, you hear what I'm saying, you don't come to save them, but you come in a situation to be God's ears and hands and feet in that situation. I love the fact in community that when, I remember when we moved from, uh, I think from Milnerton to... Flamingo Flay many years ago. I think Jono was there and Clint was there. I can't remember. There were a couple of guys from City Bowl who helped us move. I'll never forget thinking, man, this is the generosity and kindness of God representing people just helping me move, helping us move. Love it. Just God's hand and feet, hearing where people are at. We'll always do, that's what God will always do. And then finally, this is the part that, uh, that I think Dave raised. This is what the Lord says, said. But Moses protested, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? The only one who can disqualify you is you. See, we will, we will never get the answer to our question when we're asking the wrong question. <laughs> It's actually got nothing to do with who you are. The Lord said, I'm with you. He didn't answer the question. <laughs> it's not who you are, it's whose you are. I'm with you. And so what, uh, what God was telling Moses, he was saying, Moses, grow up. 
It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about what I want to do for my people. You must understand that God was about to use a murderer. And Moses had to go back to Pharaoh in the country that he had murdered. This wasn't a light thing. Who am I? I'm a murderer. I'm a it's just a shepherd. If God says go, his presence is enough. And I want to just speak that over you guys. Your identity in the Lord is based on what Jesus has done, not what you've done in your life. The work of Jesus is complete. You qualify. And then he says this. Uh, but Moses protests. Second excuse. Who am I? Okay. Then he says, but who are you, Lord? <laughs> Moses, remember, he, he spoke straight to Pharaoh. There's a little bit of that, that thing in him. This is who we are. Remember speaking to Pharaoh. You're very, very confident in, in Pharaoh's presence. But now he's in, on holy ground. He says, but... If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of our, your ancestors has sent me, they'll ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? It's who are you, Lord? And basically, and I'll say this shortly because I need to kind of land it. What God told him, he says, I am sovereign over all. I'm in control of everything. In control of everything. And because I'm sovereign over all, I'm sufficient in all. I'm more than enough in this situation for this. When you go to Pharaoh and you speak, I'm, I'm with you. This is who I am. My name, this is who I am. You know, whatever you need me to be, I will be that to you and you need me to be it at that point in time. Must I say that again? I won't get it right because I've said. I'm more than enough. More, much more than enough. And if, I'm sovereign over all and sufficient in all. You need to be fully satisfied in who I am. You need to be fully satisfied in who I am. I remember moving, when we moved to Mossel Bay and we planted the church in 2000. We sold our house. We, we, we moved. We gave up everything. One thing about planting a church, no plan B. No, plan B. <laughs> there wasn't a, we'd sold a house, we'd moved, we'd been sent. We couldn't say, oh, okay, Lord, maybe we got this wrong. This is something that we understood, but that the Lord had spoken to us. We needed to go, and we don't know what it's going to look like on the other side, but you said, and we go. And I believe the Lord wants to reveal to himself that he's more than enough for you. To live in the more that he has for you. What if the people don't believe me? That was the next one. I'm not going to read the passage. What if the people don't believe me? And, and Moses, to summarize, Moses threw down his staff, became a snake, and he picked it up by the tail and became a staff again. Because the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? There's something God has placed in every single one of your hands. I want to remind you, just think about it. If Moses had never picked up the staff, he would never have parted the sea. If Moses picked up, didn't pick up the staff, he would never have parted the sea or brought a lot of the ten plagues. God wants to do something extraordinary through your life.
I wrote down something here. Uh, God wants to make your ordinary life an extraordinary expression of his love and his power. I think this is what, what, what Ian's been saying a lot, is this stuff that God's given every single one of you. You guys in a new church plant, there's, there's passion that you have, but there's something that God wants you to live in the more. And it starts with what's in your hand. Not starting to look at what I've got, what other people have got, what is in your hand, and God wants you to move. Move. Uh, wants you to use it. What is the legacy that I want to leave? I don't want to leave this place. You think, Dion preached, okay, preach, and I feel fired up. I want you to pick up my passion for Jesus and His church. That's what I want you to pick up. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm stirring your faith to live for the more, but I'd rather you pick up my passion for Jesus and His church. I, I've served. Yeah, been part of God's church for many, many years, and I love this church. Give my life for it, and I'll I'll do it again and again and again. Moses said, "Send somebody else." I'm saying, "No. Send me. Here I am. Send me. How available are you? How available are you to be used by the Lord?" I close with a story. Just some water, quickly. Sorry. Said this in one or two con- contexts. So, in December, in December, I went to a memorial service. Some of you may know Pete Howard Brown. I don't know if you do know him. And his daughter Sarah Cunningham was a 27-year-old um, mom, married for nine years, uh, lived in Zimbabwe, gave her life to Jesus, serving him in the nations. Married, just had a had a, a baby of two years old. And had been given birth, a baby two weeks old. As a result of the of the of the birth, she sends uh, embolism. Embolism is sent to her heart and to her brain. She has a stroke. She's in hospital and she's dying. She's dying. Husband, what's his name? Can you remember? Carl. Anyway, husband then gets up at the memorial and uh, uh, and says she actually passed away because it was her memorial. Twenty-seven years old. She. And she dies. She, she died in, uh, on the 23rd of December last year. Husband gets up, uh, gets up, uh, and, and just gives his heart what, what, how he processed everything. And he says, the night before she died, he uh, he goes up to Sarah, his wife's name was Sarah, sits next to her bed, and he's obviously weeping, processing with the Lord. And in his processing, he says, Lord. He never gave her a choice. He never gave her a choice. Young mom, whatever it is, serving wife, wife, mom, serving God. Amazing testimonies of people that she's still alive, she's touched. And that's the process he processes in. The next day she passes away, she passed away and she dies. And he's still processing this the next day, obviously in this deep brokenness of what what had happened in his life. He says, Lord, he just, this battles on him. He says, Lord, Lord, you never gave a choice. You never gave a choice. And in that moment, he hears audibly, he said, he heard the audible voice of the Lord say to him, I did give her a choice. And it just hit me. She saw Jesus. She saw the next that is infinitely more. And she chose that which is more, that which is eternal. I don't 
I cannot grasp that in this world. I cannot. But that's what we live for. We don't live for the here and now. We live for the more of God. And I don't know what I don't know how many days God's given me, but I am 62 years old. And like Caleb, and I'm saying, Lord, while there's every breath in my body, while my bones are my bones are going to be running, whatever, my muscle, whatever it is, I'm going to be energized to take the hill that you've given me. What about you and me? Our lives are, let's live our lives for the king flat out. Maybe, Eddie, if you can come up, maybe the team. Let's give our lives afresh to Jesus. Pick up that staff. Start drinking, start by drinking from the right well. Start drinking from the right well. Take your shoes off and say, Lord, my destiny is in your hands. You somehow make it holy. I'm going to put them on. There's something fresh. There's something new that God wants to begin. There's a fresh season. Because I know that by faith, in the next is always more in you, Jesus. And I want to live in the more. And it's going to come by heart of passion for to live in it. And I'm going to pick up my staff. I had to pick up the staff when we started leading the kids' church. I didn't know what it was going to look like. <laughs> Seriously. Never done kids' church before. I... I didn't know what it was going to look like. I just said, Lord, here's my shoes. Kim and I, here are our shoes on holy ground. There's a burning. You've, you've spoken to us. You've spoken. I don't know what it looks like, but here my shoes are. This is what's in my hand. I can teach a little bit. I've got, I've got a bit of vision and that kind of stuff, but it's vision that you put in me. I, I want what you're saying through the bush to speak to my heart, that I'm not just amazed, but I'm transformed. And I want to see that the people's lives that I touch are transformed. Amen. So hopefully I've stirred your faith to live in the more this morning. That God has got a, a, a preferred future for every single one of you. That if there's any areas in your hands, as Kim was saying, in, in, in your lives, that your hands are dirty, your heart, there's stuff in your heart. There's a, there's a hill that God wants you to climb. There's a hill that God wants you to climb. And I just want to, as we go into a place of, of fresh dedication to the Lord. Uh, you're going to respond to the Lord in your own way. It may be a time of deep repentance that you need to in saying, I have drunk from this well far too long. This well of disappointment, this well of rejection, this well of fear. I don't know why I felt this morning just as I'm thinking about it, as I as I was um, thinking, there's someone yeah, or maybe people, autoimmune diseases that have been wrestling with autoimmune diseases for many, many years. I don't know. And I felt that I wanted to pray for you. I, I just felt that there's been something, a sickness that's been with you for a while, and I wanted an opportunity to pray. Pray. Remember, even in the sickness, the next is always more. And God teaches in that, but I need also to trust God for healing in that. Is there anyone like that who's been struggling? Okay, stand up and maybe, just stand up those who are, but I just want to pray. Maybe some folk, take out the staff in, in your hand and you pray. I'm just going to pray a prayer over you people. Just behind you, just, just want to pray a prayer. Just felt that this morning. Just. 
Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for, uh, for the work you're doing in our lives, and I thank you that you're the all-sufficient one, and we come to you as our daddy who sees, who hears, and comes in to intervene. And I pray in these ladies' lives right now, you've seen, you've heard, and you want to come in alongside God and intervene. And I don't know what that looks like in terms of your grace, God. But my heart is, my heart is that you'd heal physically in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that you would do a supernatural work in their lives. That through Jesus, you'd heal them now in your name, Jesus. You'd do a miracle in their bodies now in the name of of Jesus. I speak over that autoimmune disease in the name of Jesus that's been with these precious folk for years and years and years. In the name of Jesus, I speak your name, your all-sufficient name, your all-powerful name over these bodies in the name of Jesus. Heal them, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Trust for healing. Trust for healing. Trust for healing. So in the, in, in the light of my preach, I felt, let's give us our, our lives to the Lord afresh. You may, as I said, you may say, I am now getting off that well, of drinking that well, and I'm going to drink of your well. I'm going to put on these shoes, pick up my staff, and I'm going to do what God's called us to do, that I live in the more that God has for me. And you're going to take that prophetic step now. And I think some of you need to come forward to do that. Don't have to. Some of you may need to come forward. So this is me. Let's go for them. Thanks, uh, Eddie. Bless you guys. We give our lives to you, Jesus. We give our lives to you. Let's stand up. Afresh, God. Afresh, we give them to you, Lord.